Hello everyone, and once again, I count it an honor and a privilege to welcome you to the podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet. This week's episode is entitled, You're the Winner Because God Has Already Given You the Victory. Last week, God had me to speak a word of warning that there are plots and plans of the enemy to attack his sons and daughters. That has not changed. There have even been a couple of people who I spoke with during this past week who confirmed God's word. Our Father ministered to us to be prepared and ready. However, we were also warned not to engage in conversation with the enemy. This was the mistake that Eve made in the garden when she answered the serpent. And yes, the enemy will try to converse with the people of God even today. We may not recognize his voice and be able to identify it specifically as Satan's, but they are words, suggestions, and even innuendos that we will hear in our hearts and minds that will allow us to know it's him. But as Hezekiah said to his people when the enemy approached them at the walls of Judah, don't answer. You don't have to answer, converse, or even try to convince him because you already know that you're the winner. One of the scriptures I shared in last week's message is from 1 Kings 20, when the wicked Ahab, the king of Israel, was attacked by the king of Aram. Ben-Hadad sent messengers to Ahab and demanded his gold, his silver, as well as the best of his wives and children. Of course, today, this would be deemed as ludicrous and absolutely absurd. But even more than this demand being absurd, it would seem that the fact that Ahab agreed to these de demands was even more ridiculous. Nonetheless, these two kings decided that they would face each other in battle. Although Ahab was a wicked king and not deserving of winning the battle, the Lord would not allow Ben-Hadad to defeat him. God sent a word through one of his prophets that he would give Ahab the victory, and he did. It's like God throwing the fight. It's like the battle was rigged because Ahab already knew the results, and so do you. But Ben-Hadad and his men were not satisfied with their loss and decided to attack again. In that same chapter, 1 Kings 20, at the 22nd verse, it reads, Afterwards, the prophet came to the king of Israel and said, Strengthen your position and see what must be done, because next spring the king of Aram will attack you again. My brothers and sisters, let it be known that we have been given the victory over these demonic attacks. None of us are deserving of these victories, but yet God has given them to us nonetheless. And as we all know, just because the enemy loses one battle against us doesn't mean that he won't attack again. This is the time to strengthen our positions and see what must be done because a second attack is coming. The enemy will attack again.
We must look around us, not only in the natural, but in the spirit as well, and see where our weaknesses are. We must ask our Father to show us, reveal where we and our family need to be strengthened. As stated last week, Hezekiah, Jehoshaphat, and Asa all strengthened the walls of Judah when they knew attacks were coming. Hezekiah built aqueducts under the walls of the city and shut off water on the outside of the walls so the enemy would not have easy access to water supplies to give them support during their attacks against Judah. We need to see not only where we're weak, but what we are giving the enemy access to in order to sustain and support him in his attacks against our families. What words are we speaking in agreement with him? What fears are we showing that lets the enemy know what we're afraid of? What sins are we holding on to that he can use to stand before the throne of God, bringing accusations against us to the Father? He attacked us once and he will do it again. When Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, that temptation failed. The words he spoke to our Savior were not successful. But the Bible says that after failing, he left Jesus until a more opportune time. He didn't give up completely, even with the Son of God. So how much more will he bring his attacks against us over and over again? He left Jesus for a better and more convenient time. And so it will be with us as the sons and daughters of God. If he doesn't get us the first time, he will wait until he finds a time that's more favorable to his plans against us. It may not be right away, but he will come back and attack again. I've heard some say that there's always an attack of the enemy coming against them. They are those who believe that there's a demon under every rock. As a very young and untaught Christian, I also believed in that notion. Every time something happened to my old beat up car, I would immediately begin to rebuke demons when in fact what was needed was an entirely new motor, if not an entirely new car. Again, I will say that not every negative thing that happens to us is of Satan. Sometimes it's just poor choices and bad mistakes. When the true enemy attacks, it's demonic in origin. Demons are spirits and they will influence others in the flesh to come against us. However, since its origins are spiritual, these types of battles must be fought and won in the spirit realm. If the battles coming against us are demonic, then we must fight them with our weapons of warfare, which are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down, to the tearing down of strongholds. Unfortunately, this is why so many Battles against Christians and believers in Christ are lost because too many prefer fighting their battles in the flesh and not in the spirit. Where we fight does matter. And in saying this, it means that we must fight our spiritual battles in the spirit realm. 
We're not speaking of a physical location, but a spiritual one. The commanders of the armies of Aram had the belief that there were gods of different physical locations, which made other armies stronger or weaker, depending on the god they served. They thought that it did make a difference as to the physical location of their battles against Israel. What they didn't understand was that God, the God that Israel served, who is the same God we serve, is a spirit. And he is not limited to, restricted, or confined to any particular areas or levels in our lives unless we ourselves place those restrictions to keep him out. The God we serve is everywhere at all times because he's omnipresent. When we engage in battle with the enemy, it must be understood that we fight in the spirit and not the flesh. It must be understood that we can't just fight and expect to win only when we feel like we're in the high places of our lives. It doesn't matter if we're in a good mood or feeling great. The victories that we will receive are not determined by how good things are going in our lives, how much money we have in our pockets, or any other number of things that may be a determining factor of our state of mind. Whether our spirits are up or down, whether we're feeling good or bad, it doesn't matter if our moods are high or low, no matter where we are spiritually, physically, mentally, or emotionally, God is still God, and he is willing and able to give us the victory we need. We are the winners because God says we are. In 1 Kings 20, verse 23, it reads, Meanwhile, the officials of the king of Aram advised him, Their gods are gods of the hills. That is why they were too strong for us. But if we fight them on the plains, surely we will be stronger than they. The advisors and commanders of the armies of Ben-Hadad advised him saying that the God of Israel was a God spelled with a little g. It meant that they thought he was like the little g gods they served, an idol. They imagined him as an idol being a god of the hills, and if they fought Israel on the plains, then they would have the victory. This was to insinuate that God served a god that could only do it when they were up. That he could only do it when they were in elevated and high positions. Unfortunately, this is the way it is with some Christians and followers of Christ. They serve and believe him only when their flesh is lifted up and not when God is lifted up. They will believe him only when the mood is right and when they feel good. They are those who will only serve God when it's convenient and depending on their dispositions. If they feel that God has been blessing them, then they don't have a problem with going into battles or praising his name. This is when they're in their high places. It would be during these times that the commanders of the armies of Aram would be correct in saying that their God is the God of the hills, only in the high places. But what about when someone is feeling low? 
What about the times that they've been under such attacks and bombardments from the enemy that they just don't have the stamina to fight? What about Job when Satan had permission to attack him, his family, his finances, and even his cattle? Job saw the lowest point of his life, but yet he still said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. We must make the determination within our own hearts, minds, and spirits that no matter the circumstances or situations, God is still our God. In Philippians 4:11, it reads, not that I speak in respect to want, but I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. No matter the circumstances or position that Paul found himself in, he said that he was content. It didn't mean that he didn't want or desire better, but he still trusted God until the events in his life got better. Therefore, no matter what state we're in, we will continually serve our God. It's those who fit into the category of the advisors of Ben-Hadad commanders, the ones whose God is a God of the hills and not of the plains that will be defeated because they can only serve God when God is doing what they want the way they want him to do it. In the 28th verse it reads, the man of God came and told the king of Israel, this is what the Lord says, because the Arameans think the Lord is a God of the hills and not a God of the valleys, I will deliver this vast army into your hands and you will know that I am the Lord. Not because we deserve it, not because we have earned it, but so that all will know that God is the Lord. He will do these things and give us the victories we need. For those who will serve God no matter what their state, circumstances, or conditions, they will find out that they will win this battle as well as the next, and it's all so that our Father will be glorified. When God is always your God, in the hills and in the plains, in the high places and your low ones, when you serve him in your up times as well as your down times, God will give you the victory when you're always willing to serve, praise, and obey him no matter what. He will see to it that the attacks of the enemy against you will not prevail. We are the winners. I just heard Sister Rashina Thomas with Woman Alive on Facebook sending out a word of encouragement to the women, telling them not to be discouraged. She reminded us that if he did it once, he will do it again. That's the God we serve. He gave Ahab and Samaria the victory the first time, and then he did it again in spite of Ahab being the wicked king he was regardless of our mistakes and downfalls, in spite of our errors and failures, God still wants us to win. And he will do everything necessary to see to it that we do. Our God is the omnipotent, omnipresent God. He's our God when we're up 
And he's our God when we're down. In the high places as well as the low. In the hills as well as the plains. No matter where we are, he's always our God. And no matter how many times the enemy attacks or where he attacks, our God is faithful and he will give us the victory. Right now, go look at yourself in the mirror. Or look at your spouse, your children, or your parents when they walk through the door today and say to them and say to yourself, you're the winner. And through God, you've got this thing beat. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amieagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook Messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support, and may God bless each and every one of you.